0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Last week, we were, um, Tyler was sharing about the prayer of Jabez, and um, this week I'm going to sort of continue the theme of prayers a little bit. So we're going to be looking a little bit later at, at um, the Lord's Prayer, and um, and is is the slide that I've got able to go up on the screen? There we go. Amazing. Um, have we ever seen that, seen that one before? <laughs> mind the gap, don't fall onto the train tracks because it's bad. Um, yeah, mind the gap. So I thought that I would, I thought I was, gonna, I was ha- toying with a few different ideas and then I remembered this little slogan and I was like, I'll go with that one because I quite like the picture. Um, so mind the gap, that's what I'm gonna be talking about tonight, to, today, not tonight at all. Um, and so, yeah, last week, Tyler was talking about, all about the prayer of Jabez and how he was called this this name Pain, and uh, and how he he just sort of asks for God to um, sort of flip that, what, he, what had been spoken over him, he asked for God to flip that on its head, and that actually God would bless him, um, and all this sort of amazing stuff, which is really cool, and God granted his request, which is that little phrase at the end, which is amazing. Um, and you know names have meanings names we all know this we're all aware of this but in the bible they take on um some some sort of significance so you have you have the name um, abram in the old testament being changed to abraham because he's going to be a father of many nations and god has a habit of changing people's names i think maybe people don't quite get it right and god goes actually you got it slightly wrong so you're going to have to change that name or maybe you've got jacob who wrestled with god And and his name um, has become Israel because it represents that he's wrestled with God. Um, Or even if you go all the way to the New Testament, if you go to the next slide, um, we've got this guy called Simon. I don't know if you can see that. It says, here's your order, sir. A thousand business cards saying Simon the fisherman. Later that day, Simon, from now on, you should be known as Peter. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Sometimes our name change can't always be the best thing that happens to us in that situation. Um, you can move it on to the next one. Um, and so words spoken over us, things that are, that are pronounced over us, they have some sort of weight and they carry some sort of meaning. And um, there's, if we, if we look at um, a passage that I want to read, which is um, Ephesians 5 verse 18 to 20 and this is the moment where I realised that I should have put little markers in my bible because that would have made life way easier Um, Ephesians 5 18 to 20 it says um, I was slightly wrong ah yeah I was on 15 that's why I'm wrong Um, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That phrase, always giving thanks, that's a state, a state of, our, of our heart. It's a state of, like, um, of what we're saying over each other and to each other. And that, that carries some sort of meaning. And I often find in, um, you'll, you'll see these sort of discoveries and these things that happen. Um, in sort of like the scientific world or, or in like the world where they sort of catch up with what they seem to already know in the ancient times. And so there's, there's, this, um, there's this research into, into this area called neuroplasticity, which is a nice simple word for us to get our, our heads around this morning. But this, this area of neuroplasticity, right, and what it means is it's like um, how your, your brain rewires itself Based on the way that you think. So you think about yourselves in a certain way, and your, your brain makes those connections, and that becomes your reality because you you it sort of connect, it make rewires itself and it rewires those connections. Which I think is reminds me a little bit of what Paul's saying here in Ephesians. Saying, don't go this way, but go this way. Actually, you need to think Give, be always giving thanks you need to be in a state of of, um, of looking for the positive in in what we're talking about rather than um, always being in a negative state because actually that does inform your decisions and it does inform the steps that you make in, take in your life um, and regarding regarding us then regarding what we um, what we think about ourselves and and these sorts of things. I think it comes to this, this idea of viewing ourselves through God's lens. It comes to this idea of, of what does God think about me? What does God say that I am? You know, there's all these, um, there's all these passages um, in the Bible that have, you know, they've been compiled into, like, these are the promises God says of you or, like, these are the, um, the things that God thinks about you or the, the words that God, God says to you. And, and, you know, look those things up read them, you know, uh, press into those things, because that's actually when we start, to, um, we start to see ourselves through the lens that God sees us. I think it's remembering, it's remembering who we are and whose we are. That's what we're doing. We're going, actually, who am I? Well, my, my state is that my identity is in Christ. You know all these passages in the New Testament, Paul talking about being being crucified with Christ, being clothed with Christ, um, being a new creation—the the old dying and the new rising—that whole idea of baptized into Christ and everything that goes along with that. That's who I am. That's my identity. Um, I'm a son, and da- son or daughter. Well, I'm a son, but you may be a daughter or a son, depending on your gender. Um, and then remembering whose we are. It's not just remembering that I'm a son or daughter, but who am I a son or daughter of? And the son or daughter of the Most High God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You know, these statements actually, when we think about that and we start to see that actually God sees us in that amazing light, we're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Like, I quite like that. I quite like seeing myself like that, which is good. We're, we're rebuilding these pathways, these neurological pathways in line with God's thoughts and I think that little phrase in Romans, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, I think that's, that, that sort of sparks something off of me, I, that, that's, what, that's what it's about, I'm being transformed by thinking of myself like God thinks of me or reminding myself that God actually loves me and cares about me whatever state I'm in, like whether I've, whether I've prayed 20 times a day for the last week or whether I haven't forgot to pray at all. You know, it doesn't affect the fact that God loves me. And so we're going to talk about this, this phrase, mind in the gap. Or the God of the gap. And the way I want to link this in a little bit is just to say, once we recognize whose we are and who we are and whose we are, how do we live in that? How do we express that? What does that look like? Because we get to a point where we're like, okay, I've got it. I know who I am. I know that I belong to God. Um, so what do I do next? Do I just carry on the same as I am? Or, you know, is it, should I just go to church every week and then I'm sorted and everything's fine? You know, what what is it? And I think um, I've got this, this um, flip chart to do a couple of little diagrams. So hopefully you'll follow along with me and this will work. I'm hoping we've all seen this one before, right? If you've not, then I'm showing it to you now, so it's fine. Okay. Are we following along so far? Have we seen this one before? Okay. Right. So this is, this is, um, I don't know what should we call him. P for person. I'm being very creative and inventive. Can we all see this? That's okay. So we've got the person over this side, and we've got God over this side, and we've got this big void, this gap in the middle. Um, and then what's usually drawn in this is the word sin in the middle, and we go, well, we're, we're, on, we're on this one side, and we're separated from God who's on this other side, and this is the bad side, and this is the good side, that we want to be on this side. And um, we can't get there because of sin, we can't jump over that gap um, and we can't build a bridge because um, this, and this all sort of falls under this term that we call works. And my writing is so amazing that you'll all be able to read it really well. Um, so we've got works like on this side and we're trying to get over but we can't quite get over and we fall down and then die in like a pool of like dust like that. Um, and so we, whatever we try, we can't bridge this gap. And then what, what usually gets drawn in the middle is big cross like that and you've got Jesus there on, on the cross and he sort of bridges that gap and we can, we can then get over it and then we can go into this side which is relationship with God. And then we're like, okay, brilliant, we're there, everything's sorted. We're on this side now, we're not over here anymore. I can't rub that man out because it's paper um, and it's a permanent marker, so I'm, I'm pretty much stuck. But you, you can use your imagination. The man is now on this side with God and everything is good. Okay, so we've all, we've all seen that before and if we've not, now we have. And that's amazing. Um, and... There's, there's something that I want to say about this is that really... This is, this is incomplete, and it's incomplete because what it does is it doesn't, show, it doesn't give us a model for what we do when we're on this side. Okay, so I don't want to throw that out and go, well, that's rubbish, we should never use that again. Um, what I want to say is we need a model for what we do when we're on this side. We need to know what it looks like to be over here, because if we just go, well, you need to be over here and then get people there and go, right, well, you're there now. You know, well, just just work it out. Just go for it. You know, we need to. We need to. What do we? What do we do when we're over there? Um, we. It's it's incomplete because it's talking about one element of of what the atonement is. Only, and it's not talking about what this what the whole Christian life is. And this is where I'm going to tie into the to the Lord's Prayer later on. Um, and the second, the second area that I think it's incomplete is that it's introspective. So it's looking about me, it's, it's making um, the whole of history revolve around me in the sense that, you know, you've heard that phrase, if you were the only person who ever lived, Jesus would have still died for you. And again, that's not a bad phrase in a sense, but it's, if you didn't live, Jesus still died. So history, in a sense, is not all about us. But there's a bigger picture going on, into which we fit, and that's what I want to what I want to sort of unpack a little bit. Um, and I think, in a sense, we're in the in the in the 21st century that we're in. You know, we've got we've got people who who aren't over this side, thinking that I need to work to earn my salvation with God. But I've got I've got friends I know people who um, who are in a state of going like. You know what? Me, me, and God are okay. They're not. They're not believers. They're not Christians. They they just think that that they're they're good friends with God. They pray, and and everything's fine. How? What's the gospel to these people? How do we preach to these people? How do we share our faith with these people? Because this doesn't make sense to them. They think, well, I'm already over here. Like, how? Why? Why do I need all this? Like, if I'm already friends with God and stuff. So there's. So there's difficulties, and it's not bad in and of itself, but there are difficulties that we've got to get to grips with. Um, and so the second, the second diagram, and I'm so gonna have to whiz through like so much stuff here, but that's okay. Um, the second diagram, right, that I want to show you is a diagram that I like a little bit better. Um, and it starts over here with creation. And we've got a line, that goes all the way through to here and there's another line underneath here that sort of goes there to like eternity, right? And at this point we have a line that intersects and at this point we have a line that intersects. Okay, and what we've got, we've got this age, so the the age from creation onwards and then we've got the age to Come. I didn't want to write the whole thing um, We've got the Ace to come or new creation Or some, um, some ways I like to think about it It's kingdom of God Okay, So we've got the kingdom of God running And this point here, this line here Is where we've got Jesus And we've got the, we've got the um, death, resurrection, his exaltation Everything that comes in with, with what we understand about Jesus Happened at a point in history and at this point, we've got the second coming, which will happen at a point in history. But what, we, what we've got here is the gap, and we've got the overlap between this age and the kingdom of God. So this is where we live now, is we live in this overlap between the, the age of the world, the kingdoms of this world, and the age that is to come, the kingdom of God. And, we, and we, we recognize that when Christ came, this line started. Kingdom of God started. It, it, it began. It was a new thing that, that God did that transformed the way that we live. It transformed the world. And this is the line that we live on. And as Christians, we're harbingers to, to people to say that this is, this is actually the reality. This line's coming to an end. And this line is going to go on for eternity. But we live in the gap. And how do we, how do we live in the gap? I want to say that, that we're not in... This here is not like my, my cosmic waiting room. Or my, uh, my like... Your, you know when you get your MOT done and you have to wait in the little, that little room and you're like, well, when I get my MOT done I'll get, get him back in my car and everything will be great. But at the moment, I have to wait in a dingy room with sweaty mechanics, and so that's not what this is. You know, we we're not re- waiting until our mansion in the sky is ready. That's that's we're saying that that's already started. The kingdom of God's already started. And what's what's actually the case is that we're called to be active in here. We're called to participate in here. We're called to do something. Called to mind the gap. In a sense, not, um, not in the sense of not falling onto the tracks, but in the sense of watching for the gap. You know, we're living in the gap. Let's do something positive about it. And so, this is where I want to draw into to the Lord's Prayer a little bit. Um, because I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, if it's not about this diagram, it's not about paper won't play ball if it's not about diagram one and it's more about diagram two which that's where i think it is then if it were about diagram one why um why did god why did jesus not give us a message of salvation as his prayer why did jesus not go Right, here are all the tick boxes that you need to tick off in order to twist God's arm to get your ticket into heaven. Um, and as long as you do, as long as you say um, something about being sorry, um, something about grace, sort of free gift—that's always a good one to put in there. Um, make sure you tick all those boxes, and then as long as you've ticked the boxes, God's going to have to go. Well, okay. Well, he said everything he's supposed to say, so I have to, uh, I have to uh, accept him now. Um, why did Jesus not give us a prayer like that? If that's, if that's what it's all about, if the whole gospel is contained in this message of atonement, why did, why was Jesus' prayer not about that? Um, and I think the reason is, is because we're called to be active, we're called to participate, we're called to bring about the kingdom of God in our own lives and the way that we walk and move. Jesus' prayer is a, is a prayer of the kingdom. And we're going we're to watch it um, on video in, in just a second. And, you know, it was this, this video that we're going to watch was banned from the cinemas. You may have seen it and may have heard this story. It was banned from the cinemas as it may have been offensive. Um, and to be honest with you, I think if we understand it properly, it should be offensive. It should be offensive to those who don't believe and it should be offensive to us because it should offend us so much that we're called into action and we're called into doing something about it. So, um, could you play the the video just quickly? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not in temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine and is the kingdom, kingdom. Power and glory. forever. It is a great prayer. It is pretty awesome, um, but as I say, this this prayer should actually offend us, because the gospel is an offensive message, and there's there's a reason that it's offensive. And we can go through, and I'll quickly, as I say, I've not got loads of time, but I'll quickly go through these um. This, these different points of the prayer, and and we'll see why it's offensive, and we'll see why it should cause us to do something, and say that. When we live in the gap, we should be living differently. We should be showing people about that, that second line, that line of the kingdom of God. So first up, you've got our Father. And that sounds nice, sounds great. Actually, you know, there's no one else. There's no one else but you. And actually, God, you are, you are there. Who is in heaven? You're not of this world, God. You're, you're above this world, you're, we can't reach to you. You're not here on earth. You're you're in heaven. You're you're in an unreachable, unattainable place, a place that's scary in a sense. Hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. It's high and lifted up. It's again, it's not something that's attainable for us. Can you see how this becomes offensive for people who would say um, that either that they don't believe in God or that um, you know, sort of humanist culture that would say you know what well, it's all about us learning more and expressing ourselves and or people who would say that god's inside you and and you or you you are god or you know these sorts of phrases this is saying actually he's above that there's something there's something bigger than us there's something more important than us you know your kingdom come is a statement of saying no to the power structures of the world it's a statement of saying you know smash our our structures of power because we want your kingdom to come we don't want it we don't want to do it our way we, do, we don't want to go our own way and your will be done again you know not not my will not what i want to do you know i've got all my plans it says it says in scripture doesn't it you know that that man um can't think of the phrase that man plans his steps but god directs his path is that the right way around path steps Steps. That's the one. Amazing, brilliant. Um, so there's all these there's all these things, and it's saying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, make your kingdom look like a reflection here of of as it is and as it will be in the end. Restore your creation. Deliver us. You know, give us today our daily bread. We need you, God. We can't do it on our own. You know how humbling is this is this prayer when you look at it and go through it. Actually, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us. We can't earn our salvation, and we need your forgiveness, God. As we forgive, you know that is a, a requirement that's then put on us. You know, as we've as it's been given to us, we need to then offer it to others. We can't be going around holding grudges. These are things that are tough things when you really think about them, and they, have, I mean. Forgive others is something that offends me to act because actually I can't just hold grudges against people if someone does something that I don't want them to do, however big or small that is, you know I'm called to forgive them and that's that's something that's not easy to do and it's not it's something that there's no structure within the world for us to to do and lead us not into temptation keep us safe because Again, we can't do it on our own. Deliver us from evil. You know, it goes back to um, what Jesus was saying. This is in um, Matthew 6, 9 to 13, by the way, the Lord's Prayer. And it goes back to what he was saying in Matthew 5. And he's talking about the poor in spirit being blessed. Saying, actually, we can't do it on our own. God, we need your help. We need your deliverance. We need you to move and do something. Because actually we, we're, we're putting aside ourselves and we, we're taking on your mantle and we, we're beginning to live now as it will be in the future. We're going to live our lives now in the reality of the kingdom of God rather than the reality of, of, the, of the failing structures of this world. And I just, I just want to end Really quickly, with a with a passage from from Luke ten, and this, in a sense, is is like our call into into action. Once we've once we've grasped this, once we've got we've understood whose we are and who we are, we've grasped how we live in the gap through the Lord's Prayer. Then, what do we do on the back of that? What what's our call into action? And Luke ten verses uh, two and three, Jesus says sending out his he's appointed 72 people that he's sending out um, but this applies just as much to us i would say as it does to those 72 and he told them the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field now that's where we normally stop we normally go, oh yeah, that's so good. Lord of the harvest, send workers. You know, God, just send some people, send some... The harvest is out there. God, we want you to send people. Come on, God, send people. The very next word is go. Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. You know, we, we, we pray, ask, we ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers and the response is in the very next word. And we forget that. We forget that God's saying... Go, go and do all this stuff that I've that I've given you. We need to put into practice because God's saying that the fields are right to harvest. He talks about um, then he te- he gives them little tips about how how do you go and meet people? You know, he's talking about looking for people of peace and houses of peace and and people who um, people who are receptive to this message and stuff like that and. And Spending time with them and stuff and he's giving little tips and it's actually a really cool passage if you want to want to look through it in your own time That would be great Um, But the important point is not focusing on verse 2 but focusing on the first word of verse 3 Jesus didn't stop and and say write verse 3 now and then start again and then stop and go "Write verse 4 It's a whole phrase There's a whole thing there's no, um, there's no stopping and starting. And we, we do that all the time. We go, right, I'm going to read a chapter or I'm going to read this chunk of verses. They never existed, like in, in, the, in the beginning when, when the Bible was written down. There was no chapters and verses. We've just added them to make it easier for us to navigate. But there's, there's no reason for us to stop at that verse two and go, Lord of the harvest, send workers, and, and that should be our prayer. But it should be, God, what are you sending me into? What are you asking me to go into? What are you asking me to step into? And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna close on, on this point and I just want to I just want to sort of just recap, you know, we've we've looked at who we are and whose we are. We've identified ourselves in, in God's plan and in God's structure of things. And we've looked at where we are living in the gap. In that in-between tension of, of the reality of now and, and the not yet of eternity. We're like in that tension and that's where, where we live. And we've need and we looked at um, the, how the Lord's Prayer helps us live in that and how it helps us go, um, actually, the way things are aren't the way that things should be. And we've been called to go. And we've been called to go and do something. And participate in what this what this kingdom of God looks like. Take ourselves out of the way that the world's structured, and structure ourselves in in the kingdom of God. And so, I think I'm just gonna, I'm going to close in prayer. And uh, I don't know. Would you like to, to stand with me as I as I pray and close? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church, one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.